Hello and welcome to the Nerding Grounds Podcast. This is a weekly show where we talk about new and old video games, and we ramble on about anything else that's on our minds. I'm your host, Quinn Armstrong, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Matt Tolsdorf. Hi. Hey, buddy. Since this is our first episode, I wanted to just open up a quick discussion about our plans. Um, Right now, we're focusing on podcasting. Uh, We'll likely be discussing things like what we're currently playing. Um, You know, we should be covering a good bit of new releases, indie titles, things like that. And hopefully we'll even touch on some titles that aren't on your radar if you're listening. So one of our main goals, I know, is to provide sort of an unfiltered look into releases and just give an idea of what could be worth the time and money. And aside from that, you know, we plan to tie in um, a lot of older stuff, you know, build like an older catalog of our favorites. Um, So if it's a strong recommendation, we'll probably offer some advice on you know, where you can find those older titles, um, whether it's through emulation or, you know, affordable storefronts online, different things like that. So um, without any more delay, I guess I'll um, open it up to you, Matt. Uh, what have you been playing lately? Hi, right, so uh, I've actually been playing Subnautica, which is, uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of an older game now. Um, <clears throat> but... I've been wanting to pick it up for a while, and uh, it is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I've actually owned this game for like four years, and I have yet to install it. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's probably like a whole other discussion here, um, but you know, I've actually owned it on the Epic Game Store, uh, mm. and and probably never played it just just for that. Right. That is also where I own it. <laughs> why yeah, <laughs> exactly it's, why I haven't. It's played on it. sale as of right now. Uh, it was one of those uh, games I got for free a couple years back. Right. where Epic was like, you know, they buy up a, a title and then they give it out. Yeah, as, for free. as they're trying to steal their Steam users. Yeah, well, jokes on them because I bought it on Steam, even though I own it for free on the Epic Game Store. So, oh, you are really just man fighting the power. Yeah, you were yeah. just showing Tencent exactly who's the boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so the game. I, I knew. I knew I would like it and like hate it at the same time. Um, but it really plays on that uneasy sort of feeling you feel in in any game when you're like. I know you know what I'm talking about when you go in water, and in any game, there's always like that you know what if there's there's something in here uh that's gonna, yeah it's gonna yeah. get me well in this game there is there's 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 very big things that are gonna yeah get you. i could imagine like deep sea oh the yeah the further you go the darker it gets the less you know what's going on yeah that being said uh it i'm loving it because I don't know, I guess just for like a like an exploration game with a little bit of like building aspects to it. There's you know, there's different like biomes. Um and I don't really wanna spoil anything too much here, but they're all like vibrantly different. Um mm-hmm. uh with like its own different sort of uh I guess creatures in there. But the 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 really big ones seem very well sparsed to where it's always like that it could be around the corner um but i've i've played a good bit 
I guess I kind of know just from maybe even spoiling it myself where some are kind of located. Uh, so I've seen them in the distance. Yeah. And I'm just like, yep, nope. I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'll come back here later or something. So those are the cre- like the the creatures, like foreboding monsters and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, there's 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 what's called Leviathan class sea oh, creatures. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's there's lots of different like fish and like little things um, to like medium like shark like uh, uh, sea creatures, and then yeah, there's like giant sea monsters that will eat you. Uh, and there's there's like several different types of those. Nice. Uh, and it, yeah, they're definitely creepy. They're creepy looking, and you don't you really you you don't want to ever run into them. So it's kind of like in like those more open sort of uh, black sea uh, moments. It's it's kind of like you just sit there with your back to a wall, and you're like, man, I really don't want to go forward, but I need to. It go goes forward. in like a survival horror. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. Is it? purely exploration or are you like trying to set yourself up to dive into these areas with with like stronger weapons or more capabilities or how, do, how does that go yeah the uh i guess the progression is uh pretty neat do you 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 can build you can build like a base and all that um and then you actually unlock different um either different like oxygen tank levels um, and different sort of like diving equipment, like better fins. And then you do even get like, once again, I don't want to spoil things too much. If anybody hasn't played yet, I would suggest you do. Uh, but uh, different sort of like submersible vehicles. That's cool. Yeah, I don't know what's kept me away from that. I mean, like, I'm definitely about the nautical stuff. I, But it's just been sitting there, I guess. Yeah, no, you know, I, I play it. Yeah. And um, yeah, so... I know it's on Steam for around thirty bucks right now, which that that seems high. I feel like that's often on sale. Yeah, that, I mean that's a little crazy. I, it's definitely worth thirty dollars, but then at the same time, because it is like what, like five years old now or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, Two thousand eighteen is been some four years old now. Yeah, I'm you know, sure it's fifteen. It's, it's definitely worth fifteen dollars. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. It won't be long before it's on sale again either. So. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's literally all. You know. Yeah, it might actually. It might be on Game Pass too. Uh, um, it, it very well could be. Yeah, because I know, like, my. Yep, it's on Game Pass. <laughs> so if you have Game Pass, you can install it, try it out for there. Um, that's like kind of my go-to these days. Is I always just subscribe to Game Pass, and then I'll just. I, I don't know. Like I, I, every indie title, every you know off the map title like this i just kind of will go check that first and i'm like oh cool i'm gonna have to check that one out because it's it's been on my list for a long time do do check i it. on the other hand have been playing um <laughs> i've actually been playing a lot of uh kingdom hearts lately um i was kind of just following a couple let's play channels and that got me into it and i'm just like there's so much about these games that I just kind of left on the side, like all the crazy boss battles and secrets that you could find and unlock. And so I've been running through Kingdom Hearts 2 this week and just kind of I haven't done it in a couple years. And so trying to figure out how to play that game with a more um, goal oriented mindset. 
isn't that the case with like the vast majority of RPGs and stuff that we played when we were kids? Uh, there's yeah. always, I mean, we've talked about it almost in depth. Uh, we could probably do an entire episode on Final Fantasy VII. And I know last sort of like playthroughs and the the idea of kind of doing everything and um, like mastering the game and it it has it's way more complexity than oh yeah yeah I realized and a lot no, more uh, things to do. The way I played Final Fantasy VII and you know nine and all you know all the Final Fantasies, Dragon Quest when yeah. we were in middle school. Like, I remember you and I both went through Final Fantasy VII again in, like, I don't know, 2017 or something like that. We we were playing around the same time on Steam or something. And I, just the things that I did not know about that game, because I was mostly playing Final Fantasy VII through, like, the lens of a 13-year-old. And it was just like, oh, yeah. you know... Uh, just gonna play this RPG for the story and the cool weapons, and I'm gonna use what is cool looking. And now it's like, oh, I can break this game with a couple of simple combinations of materia and summons, and it's become completely trivial. Right. Yeah, it was just I'd never seen that side of it before, and it's kind of the same thing with Kingdom Hearts too. It's like all these things that I knew existed in the game, but finding out how to optimize them, like different builds and and you know the way you can uh, run through the game and, and look for s very specific skills. I'm just like, I've never played this game this way. <laughs> I've right. always just played it to experience the story and get to the end, you know. Which is definitely, like, a really cool, right? Because we get to go back and play these things and, and realize it in a whole different way um, and do a lot more things that when we were 13... Uh, just yeah. seemed impossible, like beating Ruby Weapon, right? Oh, that was this beating big foreboding challenge in, yeah. in Kingdom Hearts 1. That was the main thing I was thinking about. It's like, all you have to do is power level a little bit and get pretty decent at guarding, which, you know, I, I don't think I ever used the guard ability in Kingdom Hearts when I was younger. I think it's the, the only case where you really need to. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, yeah, if you really want to show this game, you know, what you can do, it's like, do the guard and every every challenge just becomes ridiculous. And then, yeah. you know, you're basically just blocking all of these attacks that would just one-shot you before. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been kind of crazy. I, I've been doing a lot of um, backtracking, especially since I started. That was my other thing I wanted to bring up, is that I've just been really, really into emulation lately. Um, right. The last time I checked on emulators, there was still so much finicky nonsense along with it. Like, if you wanted to use a gamepad, if you wanted to to have the resolution the way you wanted it, it, it was just this kind of tedious process of scrolling through forums and figuring, you know, messing with the the files that you're downloading. And and now it's just like you download it, and it's pretty much ready to go for everything from you know SNES to like playstation 3 <laughs> there's actually some pretty decent emulation going on for playstation 3 and that's yeah. just kind of insane to me now um i mean i knew it was there i just thought it would be a lot harder to get my hands on but yeah i've been like building a library of gamecube playstation 2 all this stuff um and then i bought that that um little peripheral the uh ambernick 
emulator that I've been playing a bunch of retro stuff on, um, Game Boy Advance games, SNES games, playing Symphony of the Night, Castlevania Symphony of the Night for the first time. That was a that was an interesting one. Uh, you see why those games are kind of held to high regard, though, right? Oh yeah, I, yeah they're I, they're quite fun. You're playing and you're just like, holy shit! I, this existed when I was a kid. Like this massive, ta- like castle map. Which I mean, right. yeah, it, it makes sense. You know, Metroidvanias. Right, have yeah, it's the other part. We, we we always think of the the Metroid part, but not the Vania. Yeah, which I mean, most yeah, that's the thing is like not a lot of Castlevanias are in that style of this like explorable re you know retreadable map as like the Metroid series is. But Symphony of the Night has so many just just bones there that have carried in new games. And yeah. oh, yeah, I definitely. I mean, it's still setting the pace for a lot of games out there which is it's, pretty crazy yeah. it's just excellent i can see why they they came out with that um bloodstained yeah bloodstained yeah that which, was uh it it was fun but like if you read other reviews kind of more negative reviews it, it, it gets kind of just repetitive but yeah no so that's been cool. The I actually have another emulate um, peripheral on the way from China. I just I got an email a couple days ago that it's actually being mailed to the states now. Um, getting the Retroid Pocket Two because right. I think that one's going to run the 3D titles a little bit better because um, this one I have it runs PlayStation just fine, but when you try to do N64, which I mean I I think that's just mostly because N64 emulation is I don't know why it's so complicated. I'm not going to like feign to know why it's so complicated, but I know that's a thing. It's just like N64 is kind of this benchmark for shitty emulation. <laughs> so, yeah, this uh, looks like I, it runs it pretty well. I feel like that's just the nature of the system and all the games. Yeah, it was a weird system. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you really think about like, think about Nintendo 64 compared to anything else around that time it's so widely different um and i mean the games of course but just the graphics uh all the polygons all that good stuff yeah yeah i i mean yeah it's it's yeah I, I wouldn't even you know i haven't like looked into why exactly it it is uh more difficult to emulate or it's seemingly more difficult to emulate or that a lot just of takes games it takes like a, a a very confusing amount of processing power compared. I mean, I know 64 at the time was a little bit ahead of PlayStation's processing. I, like that was, I can't remember exactly, but I feel like the cartridge thing is where really where it gets confusing. But I know like PlayStation well, came all out with like about 32 the, bit. Like, yeah. That too. Yeah. It's all about the, uh, the RAM. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know. It's just not an optimized situation, I guess. But it's just so cool to to play those games in like a little optimal Game Boy Advance handheld. Right. Like that's that's the way I can describe it. Is it just reminds me of that? It's you know, take your perfect memory of Game Boy Advance and give it a good backlighting and a decent screen and a good processor, and it just it just runs. You know, definitely have to hand it to the uh, mentioned earlier about uh, I guess almost the leaps and bounds. Uh, that are constantly being made when it comes to uh, emulation and um, 
playability and then almost longevity, right? You know, bringing it yeah. into uh, different controller schemes and different environments uh, and playing yeah. seamlessly uh, must have taken a lot of work from a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, like, there's always been that group of of gamers that are just really invested in this preservation side of gaming, um, making sure that nothing gets lost to time. Yeah, the older um, I get, the, the more that it just seems absolutely necessary, right? Well, I mean, I, yeah, for and, myself, you know, for uh, any any future generations that are interested in playing. Well, I mean, I can't tell you how shitty it feels when you want to play something from your childhood or you want to play something that, and it's just like, I'm trying to find a good ROM or ISO of, uh, of Tenchi Z. Cause you know, I've long since lost my Xbox 360. I, you know, the red ring was, you know, it, it happened twice right. in my yeah. consoles and I just never got around to buying, you know, replacing, like I have a closet full of old systems, but I just don't have that anymore. And I just can't find it. Like, the only one I can find is a busted ass um, emulation of it that, you know, there's forums and forums of people talking about how it's, they can't get past the, the loading or the tutorial level and, and all that stuff. I feel like even more these days, since everything's going digital and most people, I would, I would venture to guess that a majority of people buy their games digitally. That risk of, I, I think, losing software is just, it's scary and so yeah I'm, I'm like trying to just i'm I'm trying to have a good catalog just if anything i don't want to lose yeah so that's been interesting and i'll probably keep going and I, I feel like that's a big inspiration for us with this podcast too is just you know talking about that that old stuff and how important it is now and and preservation and thing like that's that's a big angle that i want to keep exploring yeah me too because those games were great yeah is there another game that you want to bring up? Um, and then I'll, I'll kind of drop my last one. Uh, I guess a genre that, you know, I'm just typically always been big on. And again, this is probably a whole nother conversation is, um, is MMOs. Uh, I mean, you've dabbled, of course. I've been probably overly obsessed my entire life. Uh, More than me, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was playing Lost Ark, uh, but I, you know, I've kind of been falling oh, off yeah. of that. I mean, it was fun to mess around with the for a little bit, but uh, I don't know, just too much, too much time sinks. I'm st- I'm starting to see where it's just like, man, I I can't I can't do this anymore. Like, I really I'm wasting too much time. Well, I mean, that's what they're. I mean, they're designed to just be as large in scope as possible. Well, especially in in you know in games like. Lost Ark. Uh, I mean, their entire, uh, for better or for worse, since they are a you know a, a pay-to-play game or whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Or it's not like you don't pay a monthly subscription, right? But there, there's a lot of like tedious aspects um, that are presented to you. Uh, time savers. But you can, yeah, you you can buy time savers, right? Hmm. Do this, yeah. pay money, and you can do this instantly. Um, and then, oh well, y- y- you know, if you're grinding out gear, uh, you can pay for these resources that will help you do this. Or you can go and do all this, or you what, what, can just pay real money and do it instantly. 
When did we get here? <laughs> I did not know this game was isometric. I I, I was expecting like a yeah. No, I don't know. I wasn't expecting yeah, like a a top down view of this. That's interesting. Uh, uh yeah. Which is you know it's fine. I mean, I love of course like Diablo and all that. Um, mm-hmm. That's what, yeah. That's it what doesn't really thinking. necessarily play. It doesn't. It doesn't play like that. It does feel like something completely, uh, completely different and and on its own. I do feel like uh, some of the. It's not the worst. Like I guess pay to win model I've ever mm-hmm. run across. And you know you can go watch any review right now and they'll tell you the same thing. Like it's it's not the worst. Uh, it is relatively fair. Everything kind of just seems more like well, you can pay for convenience. Um, yeah, you're not yeah. you're not really paying to win in a sense. If you do, I mean, congratulations, you're higher uh, item level than everybody else with no content to do. Have fun, and um, you feel and you can feel a little yucky at the same time. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's a whole different story. So I. I guess more of a plug because my Kingdom Hearts one wasn't as much of a plug, but I, I did play something that I, I wanted to throw out there, which was: Have you heard of Teardown? No. It tear is. Down. Do you tear it down? You tear everything down. This is. Um, it's kind of like a, a small sandboxy little thing. I mean, there's a campaign to it where it, it's essentially a um, a physics game. Um, it's like it's all centered around physics, where you know you're plopped down into these these little areas which could be like a shipyard or um um you know like picture of minecraft but like slightly more realistic it's very you know slightly more realistic um style i guess you would say oh, is it is it tear down yeah tear down all one word um and instead of blocks it's you know it gets very very down to the small like pixel vectors and so if you hit a wall with a sledgehammer it it crumbles into pieces um, and so everything in the game is essentially destructible, can combust, can explode. Uh, and, you know, the first one, it's like, oh, tear down this house. And so you go and you start just breaking down this house. And it's kind of got that like lizard brain. Let me just knock out all the supports to this house and, you know, like the load bearing wall. And then eventually it just starts crumbling. And it's really satisfying. Yeah. Um, and then you get wrapped up in this like, Oh, you know, you weren't supposed to do that. Now you're in trouble with the cops. And now the cops are getting you to run like heist jobs where you have to go into a, a, an area and you have to kind of plot out your heist because once you take something or once you um, remove something from an alarm or an alarm activates, you have 60 seconds to complete the, the task and get out, like get back to your escape video uh, vehicle. And so, you know, a lot of the game is you plotting out your your path so you like you'll take out this retaining wall and that creates a shortcut to this goal and then you'll you know you'll kind of just make a um a line to your escape vehicle and, and make sure like okay once the alarm goes off i can do this all in 60 seconds i can get everything and and get out um and it's just it it's a lot of creativity and it's just i can't the physics engine is just on a different level and what I was saying earlier was this was the <laughs> first time in a long time that my PC was working. I mean, like once the longer you play around in these levels, like and I, there was one particular level where I was I was just not doing the right thing. I was I didn't read the um, the mission 
or something all the way. And so I was, I was breaking a lot of stuff. And the more objects just that crumbled into just these vector objects, I just started chugging. <laughs> it's just moving so slow. There's so much stuff. And I'm like, hold on a second. I look and I'm like, I'm doing the wrong thing. So I had to restart the whole level just to get my frame rate back. Because that's how much is, yeah. is going on. But it's really cool. And then there's a mod mode where you can just, with the click of a button, upload user mods. You can upload, um, you can turn on the dev mods that they created where, um, you know, you're, you're using like a, a laser tool or you're using something that just can level a building in a second. You can play around with that stuff and it's really cool. But the user mods are insane, as you can probably guess. Yeah. But the one that I've been meaning to tell you about is literally the Metal Gear Rising Revengeance Katana. <laughs> <laughs> you, you basically swing the katana in whatever way you have the line drawn on the it's screen. Like a, yeah, a little cut it, thing. Yeah. It just creates a big wave. And it, it if you're standing next to a building, you can take the entire bottom foundation off and just watch it crumble. That's pretty great. Actually. It's the coolest thing ever. Uh, um, I, <laughs> I think people I are people are smart. Sometimes I would assume there's a Thomas the Tank Engine in there. You would, you would assume correctly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, if that ain't nightmare fuel, I don't know what. <laughs> I will definitely have to check that out. I, I mean, I will say just on the Steam store right here, I'm really tantalized by this uh, the water. I don't know the why. The water's pretty. It is. Yeah. 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 Like that's that's kind of what I mean by Minecraft with because you can well, you know, you like can mini blocks. Everything's composed of like tiny little mini blocks. Yeah. Like yeah. And it particles just like it particles out of the ass. It's insane. And then, you know, I'm not even I haven't even talked about the levels you get to where um you're like in a thunderstorm and the lightning is destroying buildings and lighting things on fire and you're like trying to put out fires while you're also trying to heist uh, you know what i uh not to like bring it back here but a topic of what else i've been playing and i almost completely forgot another thing that i was playing a good bit which actually tales of arise oh uh, yeah yeah, the reason that's why I mentioned that because uh, I mean, so far I haven't finished it, but I, I got the feeling that I'm uh, I'm not too far to the end here. Uh, is it? It seems like I guess in a good and bad way, it's a very streamlined RPG. Like it's still very like almost classical feeling. I mean, it's action based combat. It's it's not like turn based or anything. Of course. Uh, Did you say streamlined RPG? What is that? Uh. It seems like, and I haven't played too many of the old tales, really, to, I guess, I don't know if that's just a tales thing, or if that's just something that, like, this particular game is, uh, it, it seems like almost a, a modern approach to that whole conundrum. Nobody has the time to sit there and sink hundreds of hours into an old RPG anymore, right? Like, at least well, not all the time, yeah, no. not with the new one. That, um, I mean, that's honestly like that's kept me away from so many of of these titles, especially when you put the J in front of the RPG. I get where I used to just be very excited. Now I get a little cautious and I have to I have to find yeah. out first. <laughs> There's going to be like 
uh, a lot of different like little things that you may or may not have to do in the game and it could take forever to beat or play through. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I get it. Yeah, no, this one, it, it kind of just cuts all that out. I mean, it, the all the maps are kind of linear because of that. Uh, and maybe at one point of time, I would have absolutely shunned that. Uh, but they're just open enough for one. Um, and yeah, I mean, everything kind of just rolls through. Uh, well, linear, linear isn't now what it used to be. I feel like linear these days is a narrative choice when it used to just be kind of like a shortcut almost. Now it's like we don't, you know, it, it's almost like a, um, it's like a grace when a developer doesn't want to hit you with a giant unnecessarily open world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, true. especially in this, in this sense, cause it's like, okay, you move into a new zone um and that zone isn't that big but i mean it looks different than the last uh, it's decently populated uh mm-hmm. with different like assets and uh each each uh each different map kind of follows a different theme which i i think is kind of inherent to tales series i'm, I'm not entirely sure because they're all very much about like elements and stuff yeah, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll let you know if I finish it soon, but it does seem like I'm kind of getting close to the end of the game, and, you know, I'm 64 hours in, I guess. That's not too uh, bad for a JRPG. Yeah, <laughs> I was no. expecting, like, 100. Yeah, and it, it very well might get to like that. I mean, I didn't really look look into it, but, uh, yeah, I mean... It depends how you it, play it. Yeah, and then, I mean, there is, like, collectibles and stuff, but it's it's not, like too much of any of that and there hasn't really been a lot of grinding or anything that i've done um yeah and i think once it maybe hits a sale i'll be uh i'll be on it i mean it, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's a full price game sale. right now yeah. yeah i will say the only the only thing that i feel the the writing does seem to get like lazy towards i guess the end right towards mm-hmm. the middle kind of like there's certain things that happen that like I almost feel like, okay, well, this moment makes sense, but you're just kind of throwing it in during this, like, this dramatic tale of this one character's backstory is being thrown in towards this other, like, uh, quote-unquote dramatic event. It just doesn't seem like it's placed well. You could have, like, extended the game and added just a whole nother, uh, I guess, plot point at -hmm. some point in time instead of just kind of, like, mashing everything together. They're all going to, you know, they range from ridiculous to heartfelt to more ridiculous. But, you know, I'm still there. I'm still looking to get invested in these fantasy characters and their super dramatic connections and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah, we can go into our little question corner here, our uh, our challenge corner, I think, as it'll be called for the time being. So I figured we would just... For the time being, have a self-appointed topic. Um, try to find something intriguing. For right now, we're just going to do something simple. And let's focus on our individual formative eras of video gaming. So essentially, we're talking about looking back what, you know, what, uh, what time or what system or multiple systems in an era do you remember really just bringing your video game profile? We kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, it's, it's kind of a confusing question for me. It's a bit of backstory. I, I definitely remember like my first system being the Sega Genesis. 
mm. uh, you know, and playing Sonic and all that, which is what started my love for video games. And then, you know, the Nintendo 64 came out and games like Ocarina of Time being like a like a mainstay in my life uh, and me basically meeting you. Right. And mm-hmm. that talking point of this this game that we're both playing pretty religiously for kids uh, yeah, and that, that I, I mean you know i gotta hand it to that to that basically setting up my life you know the, the, our entire friend group and our our friendship of 20 plus years being yeah. based off of that i definitely think back to, yeah like n64 sega genesis sega dreamcast n64 is like those are the ones that, yeah, I only played Sega at your house, but yeah. <laughs> we both we both came to school talking about Ocarina of Time, GoldenEye, Star Fox. Those are yeah. the... But I, I almost feel like the Nintendo 64 defined a generation of quote-unquote gamers, right? Like, that's, that's kind of the thing that started off anybody that was going to play video games. They, they, you know, they started off on Nintendo 64. Um, and were you was, surprised? Were you as surprised as I was when you got older and realized that the N sixty four was not that successful of a system? Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm I'm hearing that now for the first time. <laughs> and yeah, you're a liar. <laughs> Just like numbers wise, I I I didn't realize that it didn't sell all that well compared to. Um, I mean, it's hard to compare it to something like SNES. But yeah, it, it it was one of those ones that it just didn't make the figures they projected, or it didn't. Maybe it's like PlayStation Two came in and, and interrupted that that life cycle. I think that's exactly what happened. Is uh, I I kind of almost remembering uh, watching a video that that talked about that, where you know the PlayStation Two came out and basically kind of crushed a lot of things, uh, and of course followed by the GameCube. And all that, and that basically putting a nail in the coffin of the the Dreamcast, which fantastic system. Like, That's another, yeah, that was another one I played at your house yeah. only. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know why I own one of those things, but they, they I, I love that system. I would still boot that system up today just to hear the little chime thing that it makes. I uh, feel like that would have been the party system had yeah. it not died so early. Um, I feel like it, 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 it will always be said, probably by me, um, and always should be said, is so far uh, ahead of its time. And yeah, I mean, it did feel very much so like a party system, even over like the Nintendo 64. I mean, you could put a be- Tamagotchi in your controller. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Sonic Adventures and Sonic Adventures 2 fantastic Fantasy Star online it had an internet connection it did have an internet it was a- but hey talk about emulation you can literally burn all the games on Dreamcast and play it on your Dreamcast yeah which is absolutely it- crazy i mean stupid in an economic mm-hmm. sense for uh, yeah. part of it, part of its downfall of the Dreamcast but really cool today that hey if there's something that i want to play you know of course i have to actually get a cd drive with some blank discs that might be a little hard to come by. Uh, but uh, I can emulate straight off of the system itself, which is really cool. It doesn't run great on my little Ambernick handheld guy, but when my Retroid 2 comes in, I can basically play any Dreamcast game too. So I'll be downloading like that entire library. Uh, I definitely would, right? Because there's yeah. a lot of really good games on there. 
Uh, jet but, Set Radio or Jet oh Grind? No, yeah, Jet Set radio. Yeah, radio. I forgot what the licensing change was. But I think it was Jet Grind, and then it was Jet Set. Well, I think. Wait, was whatever the first one was the next one? They had to change it because of uh, some licensing issue. Because Jet Grind, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but they changed it to Jet Set Radio when it came out on Xbox or something. But it was the same game. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Jack Grant Radio. Yeah. Did you ever play? I think they're actually working on a new one, which is awesome. And they should have done that years ago. But there's like a spiritual successor to it. Uh, yeah. It looked really cool. It looked very much so like Jet Set Radio. New um, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk? That, that might be it. <laughs> Why wouldn't that be it? New Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. I mean, I, it, I looks, no it looks like they pulled... It, it looks like a screenshot pulled straight from Jet Set Radio on this. Yeah, but I remember hearing about this. Oh, no date yet for Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Oh, maybe not. They're, yeah, yeah no, they're doing like they're doing like parkour somersaults. This is the same game. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's, yeah, you're just parkouring. I think there's you can, to, is there like different. There's a bike. There's a. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh man, how have I not been following this closely? I'm gonna wish list that, and then um, yeah, they are they are going to straight up reboot Jet Set Radio. I don't know when that's supposed to be happening, but which just sounds fantastic. That and Crazy Taxi, which I'm less excited about. But I mean, I'll still play. I mean, it was a I'll fun play game, it. but I mean, it, it, I think it was a fun game for the time. Uh, yeah, but they also talked about like things, like really with... weird things were on the Dreamcast. Uh, no kidding. I think there was a a game that was all about talking to a fish with a head. Uh like a face yeah yeah oh god i clicked on an article about the reboots and right in the beginning there's nft and metaverse dealings and i i'm much less excited now yeah i just uh at this point i'm i'm just completely clocked out to all that stuff yeah we we still have bomb rush cyber funk bomb rush cyber funk great um just to round it out, I would include the PlayStation 2 as most formative, probably. I mean, if I look in my um, in my cabinet right now, my PlayStation 2 stack of games is the biggest I have still. Like it's absolutely gigantic. I didn't I didn't have a PlayStation One, so that's where I played even the PlayStation titles: Resident Evil, Final Fantasy. Um, that was where like I started the JRPG journey i think and i remember selling i remember selling n64 games to even save up for my playstation which i hate saying now because it just sounds gross but yeah it was a it was a big deal when i got it i didn't own yeah playstation either like a playstation one either until um until after playstation 2 and all that uh i guess back to my original point here as far as like the games that i i really think just defined me and what i play and why i play uh, video games in general, I, it's got to be, you know, uh, PlayStation 1 era. I mean, Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 9. Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid. My God, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, I don't know. I mean, just out. That game is not very long, yet we spent hours and hours and, and that game hours so replaying. many times, yeah. And I, I loved it every, every single time. That, that was a game that I would be like, you know what? It's a weekend. 
I'm just going to go and beat uh, Metal Gear Solid real quick again, again, you know, and spend a couple hours or, you know, just a couple days through the weekend just beating it and loving it all over yeah. again. Well, I think I think that's what PlayStation PlayStation 2 or, you know, that what those systems brought for me was narrative like I had never seen it before that got me into that was when I realized like stories in video games could be just as powerful, I think, as much as you want to poke fun at Kingdom Hearts back then like that was the story yeah that was my adolescent story was just made sense for, and... for me then you know <laughs> or it didn't yeah, but it, uh, i still like still kind of makes sense for me now i just need to get a little high first <laughs> yeah right uh but uh, yeah metal gear solid was just being a movie you know uh, final fantasy 7 is one of my favorite stories of all time but when you and it, it did such a good job telling its story in text but then you look at how Final Fantasy X was able to kind of just put that personality behind everybody. And don't get me wrong, Final Fantasy VII was able to put personality behind its characters. Right. It was just a little, it was a little more forward with some of the dialogue. Where like Final Fantasy X, it's silly in some parts, but you know, there was some some real like voice acting and yeah. um, you know, composed shots going on in that. I n- I never just- even really uh People pick the weirdest thing sometimes. Uh, I, I guess with, if anybody listens to this, uh, we mentioned Final Fantasy X, they're going to hear, you know, ha, ha, ha in their, in yeah. their head. Uh, <laughs> and, and people uh, always bring that up when it, and I'm doing it now, but people always bring that up when they talk about Final Fantasy X in a way to like bash the game or its narrative, which. Right, right. Like it, it's such a small, small little moment. And what is a fantastic narrative that's actually it's very not well. A, it's not even a bad moment. Yeah, like it, pretty well voice acted. Uh, and no, but when you take that moment out of context, it's yeah, yeah it's, it's goofy it's, sounding. Uh, yeah, but what it is, it's like it's it's those characters. You know, they've been on this road and they've witnessed like all kinds of trauma. Yeah, and it's a way for them to just chill out for a minute. And yes, it sounds goofy, but like when you play the game be for tw- stupid there. Yeah. 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 Cause your girl is literally sending the spirits of people that have like died in massive, uh, incidents to the beyond or whatever. And, yeah. and that it's not a good job. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. And like, it was the same thing I was saying with kingdom hearts. It's, it can be campy. It can be silly, but you put in the time and effort and that stuff resonates with you. And yeah. and by the end, you know, you're crying with the final boss and you know, that's not even talk about Titus's daddy issues and that whole super complicated relationship with jet and how he's, he's trying to get over how much he hates his father. And then that wraps it. And then you're going to wrap all that up into the main themes of, you know, sin and what they're trying to defeat. Like that, that takes a lot. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I, I'm able to. I was able to enjoy Final Fantasy X because of its of, of its predecessors, right? For loving its predecessors so much. Um, oh, for sure. Oh, and I got to mention really quick, Legend of the Dragoon. Yeah, fantastic game. So I, that's one that I like. I really need to play through again because that's a perfect example of a game that I played when I was like 13, and I love so much. And, and there's no way and and hell I did. Uh, even half the stuff that you can do in that game. So re- I really need to play it. Uh, I really, I, I'm just hoping for the day that they add that to like Steam or something, just because I'm almost afraid to. 
uh, bust out a PlayStation just to find out like my old discs don't work anymore or something. You can get that. I mean, you can put it on your desktop right now, but you can also get that little handheld peripheral and then it's so much easier for me to play older games handheld. Yeah. For some reason, I can just I can put the time in. Like I'm trying to show my support so Square Enix will just <laughs> upload their entire I would... library. Well, Square Square Enix just sold their entire collection of North of um North American Studios. They don't Yeah, I know. I don't think they deserve your support. <laughs> no, they probably don't. They've made uh just a lot of questionable decisions lately. I feel like they're almost trying to and let's face it, they're not the best with their their retros, the way they put them up. I, no. All right. Well, um, I think that about does it for this episode. Um, thanks for listening to the Nerding Grounds podcast. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. And this will be going up on our Patreon, where you can visit us at patreon.com slash nerdinggrounds. And you can subscribe there to support us. Um, we're also going to be putting this up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Eventually, it'll find its way to YouTube. You can also find us at the same name, The Nerding Grounds, on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, give us a follow there, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>